0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, and probably one of my most favorite episodes to record all season long. We are joined by our good friend, uh, Dan Silver. So, uh, Dan, first of all, welcome back to the podcast. Second Thank of you. all, it's congratulations to you and your family for winning the Champions League.
1: Yeah, my family done good. They didn't let us did down this season. No, guys for having me on. It's been a long time, but, you know, we're coming off for a good reason champions of europe again i mean just i'm mm-hmm. saying it. it's just it's fabulous you know two stars two trophies you know arsenal london is blue i don't care what you say you know you, you get bummed off by like a norwich city player to go to villa and you still think london is red
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know with, with, with them, when arsenal is getting beat out by villa and the same year or in the same week we're winning champions league that's when you know life's good Life is great.
1: Yeah. And, and, Spur, and Spurs still can't point them <laughs> yeah. because no one wants to go there.
0: Arsenal's even getting outbid by Villa for players now. That's, Didn't they that's, now? that's what I mean. Is, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay.
1: Bandia. Championship, low level um, league, you know, premiership player, like, he wants to go to Villa rather than Arsenal. I mean, that's just hilarious.
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable.
1: That's awesome. How about
2: that Antonio Conte stuff with, like, the list of demands that. No one on this earth believes that Tottenham can live up to. It's just like <laughs> setting up. It's just setting up the stage. If he were to get hired, that it's just going to be instant chaos from the moment he steps in through the doors. It's it would oh, be the greatest I mean, thing. Go ahead, Dan.
1: He's a winner. He knows how to win. Look, you know, we did for us like you know tenth to first, but then yeah. then he second season, like when Zach came over to Tottenham, match, he um, he just self-combust. I just I just don't think. Spurs wanting that kind of combustious relationship straight after Mourinho because Mourinho was obviously toxic. and Conte comes in, he's going to throw his toys at the pram, and he's going to want to spend 100 million, which Daniel Lee won't do because he doesn't have to sell <laughs> Harry Kane. That's Spurs, a... Spurs. You know what? They come so close. They come third in two horse race. They're just not destined to be a big <laughs> club
2: I love that. <laughs> that's enough. That's yeah. enough. I think that's enough Tottenham talk, talk for uh, this,
0: this podcast. Yeah. Huh? They
1: definitely lost the podcast. It's going to get some mouthwash, guys, if yeah. you want to yeah. <laughs> I, said I think too many I times. Think...
0: I think we'll kind of tee this one off, Dan, um, just by kind of asking you, I mean, I mentioned before we recorded that you're the most like proper Chelsea I know. I mean, being stateside, at least, you know, Chelsea's been in your family for, what, three generations now, 100 almost? Years,
1: 100, years to, 100 years on the 16th of May.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So so that just proves my point. I mean, with that being said, um, how has it felt winning the Champions League, not just for you, but like your family as a whole?
1: Um. It's incredible, and I think since my dad passed, it's you know my mum and my sister have taken a passing interest, but for me it's been like incredible. I mean the last, 15, fifteen, sixteen years just have been an absolute roller coaster of emotions and all these trophies. So no, it's 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 fantastic. It's what as always say to people, it's like imagine you've got your most amazing partner, you love them, but then they really piss you off, then you hate them, then you love <laughs> them again. You just cannot get rid of them. You will never dump them. They're, they're in your life of good it's just one of those things it's like you know they're perfect in 70 ways you know they're gorgeous they're beautiful they're sexy but then they break your heart and then they let you win a trophy and they break <laughs> your heart and you win a trophy just it's, it's it's incredible it's bonkers it's bonkers being a Chelsea fan but I wouldn't have it another way I just I love it I love the Mark the chaos the on Twitter he calls Chelsea glorious unpredictability yeah and I think
2: that's
1: kind of what we are I think I mean, that's
2: spot it, on it just wouldn't be as enjoyable of a season like following as a fan if there wasn't that chaos the losing to the bottom half ta- uh, table teams and just like it, yeah. it, it, just the uncertainty of everything and then the, cu- the accumulation of everything we finished top four like as usual champions yeah. league champions which doesn't happen every year but hey that's the i love it this year
1: that be good yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think again it's for us it's like, you know people say you know i got asked a question if chelsea came top four lost the Champions League final and lost the FA Cup final, that big a season, I went, no, because <laughs> top four is absolute minimum expectations for this club. It's not something to celebrate getting top four. You know, coming first is what you'll celebrate. Losing two cup finals is nothing to celebrate. For me, that would be a really shit season because you've got so close to two trophies and yes, you've got top four but we're bigger than that. You know, we're not Arsenal, we don't want to celebrate a fourth spot finish because it's, you're like, you know, if you're in the Olympics, you don't even get a medal. You know, it's just it's yeah. kind of like you know, it's, it's it's a financial win getting Champions League for me was you know winning the Champions League topped the um, top four finish by by a million yeah. miles. Losing the FA Cup was also really gutting as well because that's so disappointing. Because the FA Cup for me, growing up watching it, it's always been a big big deal for me. So the fact we lost that, that was really. I'd rather won the FA Cup than come fourth. Yeah. That's
2: I'm going to disagree to an extent with you because just taking in the context of what happened this season, you know, yeah. we started with Frank Lampard, had early success. The team lost the plot. Frank gets fired. Tuchel comes in, yeah. reverses our misfortunes completely. We win the Champions League with that. If we were just to finish top four, make it to the two cup championships, I mean, two cup finals, lose out on both, but still finish top four after. You know, when he takes over, we're in ninth place. Uh, you know, I, I, w- I would say that that was still an ac- a huge accomplishment in our eyes, like going into the season as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think if you just look at the bare bones of it, yeah, you know, the, the turmoil we had, I think, yes, it's an accomplishment, but wouldn't necessarily make that a draw straight line to success. It's an accomplishment mm-hmm. because goals come in. I mean, look, look at how he transformed the team literally from from, from day one. The defence was so organised; we hardly ever gave away any sh- shots on target. Mendy was a really solid influence. I think it would be an accomplishment, but not a success. I guess to kind of I, I take your point, and the balance is that yeah. it's not not what I would not what we call success. I think Chelsea we've been spoiled by winning trophies for, for well since ninety six ninety seven when they won the FA Cup, so even for the last twenty four years, incredible mm-hmm. amount of trophies. So we're used to it. There's been generations of Chelsea fans who haven't seen. You know, soggy three-one home to fix Oxford the FA Cup, they be their success. So we pride ourselves on being successful, pride ourselves on being winners. And for us, fourth spot is minimum minimum expectations for this club, just pity to kind of continue to compete at the top level with you know the the, the transfers in and transfers out.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think argue that. I think Sam, I think you're right. I think you're right to an extent in terms if you're only talking about Tuchel. If if you're only talking about Tuchel's body of work, then yes, it was a success by all means. I mean, fin- mm-hmm. if he was just to finish in the top four, considering where we started, but the season as a whole, I, I always say it. I don't care what trophy it is, I want to win it. I don't yeah. care what names on the front, I don't care what time of year we win it, I don't care what 11 players are on the pitch. It's a trophy's a trophy for me. So I don't know. I I think, I think the the fact we won the Champions League made it a success for me.
1: You, I yeah. mean. A, a trophy is a tangible thing you can put on your board and say, you know, FA Cup winners mm-hmm. 2018, Champions League winners 2021. Those, those yeah. are real trophies. No one's going to remember in 10 years' time who came fourth in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, 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 for sure. can
1: remember, the Chelsea won the Champions League that year and that United lost a bit of iron penalties. Yeah. So, you know, all, all those kind of things. It's, it's t- trophies are tangible successes. That's, you know, and I, I appreciate the game's evolved so much now and finances are a huge part. So, if the club is a business, which we are now to come top four, that's very important for the for the modelling of the club, so it can sustain transfers and so on and so forth. So, from a, a business perspective, I understand why it that from that perspective it's a success. But from a footballing perspective, it's it's minimum minimum achievements that we need because the talent in that squad and so on and so forth. We should we should be really a lot closer toward you know sort of city and so on and so forth. So,
0: yeah, I think uh, I want to kind of move on to Tuchel um, for a second. I mean, the last few years, we've kind of been through it all in terms of managers, right? The merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. We don't really yeah. have to rehash the past, but manager comes in two or three years, sometimes not even a year, and they're out the door. So, um, you know, obviously Frank getting sacked was uh, was devastating for all of us um, mm-hmm. because, you know, he is a club legend. But at the same time, we did bring in Tommy Tuchel, um, who we all love and adore now. Um so I guess my question to you Dan is you know this managerial merry-go-round that uh, that Roman and Marina and the board have proven to be successful because we won another Champions League by doing it. Yeah. Um is that going to be sustained through Tuchel's reign or do you see him possibly staying beyond two or three seasons?
1: I mean his tissue would tell you that he'll be gone before his contract ends. Yeah. But conversely how many, how many more times can we appoint world-class managers and, and fuck them over? Excuse my language, and go back to you know we're running out of managers. We've we got lucky with him because he's available. He's come in he, the way, what he's done in thirty matches is remarkable for any coach. No pre-season. he's come in. Team is just incredible. The way they've been set up and organized, yeah. Champions League. You think you know Frank are beaten in the qualifiers and then we breeze past Atleti, pretty much breeze past Porto, beat Real Madrid, and put a, a very good man on city side to make them look bang average. So my, my my hope, well I've got two hopes. One, that the board actually think, you know what, this is a good manager. Let's let's give him who he wants. Let's give him a couple of signings. If he wants player A, player B, let's go get it. And secondly, on until around this club's had a huge culture of players being really bigger than the um the managers. And I want this culture of the club to go where you know, I don't like the manager. I'm going to go and cry a Roman. So basically, if there's a problem, they come to Tuchel. No, this, you know, don't yeah. like it. Put my throw my tools down. Not going to work like like has happened, which I think maybe happened to the extent with Frank, that kind of got a bit like I'm not interested anymore. You know, play, players have got managers with Chelsea because they don't like it. Now yeah. I want that culture to go. Tuchel should be the manager. There's no reason why he can't be. He can't build a mini dynasty. You know, Pep at Man City has been there what six years. and won. I don't know how many Premiership titles, FA Cup, League Cups. We need to build a dynasty. We've got incredibly good young squad. Whereas the, the 2012 win was the end of an era for that team because they're all like the wrong side of 30. This, for me, is the start of a new era because all these players are, you know, Pulisic, uh, Havertz, Werner. They're all like mid mid 20s, early 20s. You've got some fantastic experience at the back with Thiago Silva, Rudiger. That's the experience you need to blend into this really young squad we're bring a top centre forward, we're gonna we're gonna be there or thereabouts. And the club really has to just make a decision. Are we gonna continue down the path of destruction? Or we're gonna perhaps maybe accept there might be one or two seasons, bumpy seasons in the way. And I think yeah. with Frank he overachieved in his first season, um bizarre because of COVID and everything else, and he got us he got us you know, to Champions League football. And the first bump that he has, I don't i couldn't see a way out of it i don't think frank could either because you know it's very much like you've just passed your driving test and you get keys to a top-range of ferrari i mean you know you, you, you can drive it but how well can you drive it yeah. i think the club probably panicked and thought right this we need, we need to do something because we're you know we're only five points off the top four when two came in so we weren't as drift as people make out but not to right. disparage the work that Tuchel's done he got us that consistency got us that steel and he's taught the players dark arts. You know, I think Ch- Chilwell, when he went down towards the end of the Champions League, he finally saw him think about to get up, and then he, he didn't. He kind of sewed himself down and just rubbed his ankle and kind of the dark arts which these players haven't got, you know, housing, as we call it here, where you kind of like, yeah. you know, you might call the train on, it, and then you'll try to train, and like, no, no train, and that's 30 seconds gone, disruption's gone. That's what this, this team needs, just to be houses, just to, mm-hmm. you know, break the game down. You know, give away a snide if you can take a bookie because that's what you need to do. And that's what we're seeing with this team. Because Chelsea hate it, no respect. Chelsea are really hate it, but yeah. we don't care. I don't want to be liked, so I don't want to be admired for our football. Like, I remember Graham Sooness said about Arsenal, it's lovely football, but they're like a team of son in laws. You know, they're just nice. <laughs> I don't want it to be considered a nice team. I want my team to be feared, hated, loathed, and to be absolute shit houses. That's what i want I don't give want me the I trophies
2: want. i don't care about that i don't care about being nice yeah. playing nice give me the fucking trophies okay <laughs>
1: exactly yeah share sh- 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 me on board, top honor's
0: board oh okay and nothing since when oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean the dan kind of answered dan kind of answered our next question about uh the dynasty coming to fruition so i mean sorry sam i know you were go supposed ahead. to ask yeah, go. this go but the but the kind of build off of what you were saying dan I mean, I feel like we have a leg up over the 2012 team because, like you said, I mean, Czech, Drogba, uh, Lampard, JT, they're all at the tail ends of their careers, at least at Chelsea at that point. Um, You know, intern manager, uh, we all know what happened the following season a few games in. I feel like this is a little different because... Hey, Zach, Zach, you got to read the question. You got to read who it's from and then you got to read the full
2: name. That's, that's, I know that's my job and... You're, you're, that's, you know, you're taking over my job right now you you're missing it out take, no 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 i want to see how you it, do it away. i want
0: i want to see how you do it zach go ahead well no i i was just gonna i was just gonna add in there that you know the fact that we do have um these academy kids that did come through and they, i mean they get it that's that's my point yeah. um and the fact that they've gone through it with tukul and they know tukul's the guy that they're going to keep going to battle with next season and beyond yeah. um i think that's where we have a leg up on the 2012 team personally Um, And and I feel like a lot of these players did buy into Tuchel. Like you said, with the Dark Arts, for example, uh, all 11 players on the pitch minus N'Golo because he's the only one that got up right away. He's too nice of a guy. Yeah, he's
1: he's too awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But but
0: the 10 other players that were doing the Dark Arts, I mean, that tells me that they're with the manager, right? I mean, that's something that's clearly discussed.
1: Yeah, and I think you saw in the change rooms afterwards, he's obviously really loved by the players because they were doing that some of the shoes and stuff. And he's clearly got... You know, I'm I I'm fisting I, I the velvet Club. I think he's he's like when Callum got hooked quite early on in his raid, he came on someone got hooked and then brilliant management by saying, Listen, it's done, it's forgotten, it's all over, we're friends again, done it. Yeah. So he's a he's a good man manager. You know, this this whole kind of breed of general managers, you know, you've got Nargisman at Bayern, you've got Goofy at Liverpool, you've got um you know, <laughs> it's, 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 Yeah, I can't say his name, sorry, it's a family show. All these, all these, like, yo, no, no, it's, it's definitely it's, not here. No. It's definitely
0: not a family show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> say whatever the
2: what the hell you want. What, what
1: the hell you want. Yeah, there you go. So we've you we've go, said it multiple go. times. That's why I like it.
2: Yeah. yeah um, it, it, when it's appropriate. We,
1: we, superbly talented manager. And Tuchel's up there. I mean, he's back-to-back Champions League finals. He's a he's a good manager. He knows how to manage players. He knows different egos, so on and so forth. This this man needs to get back, you know, we want a Pep in a mini dynasty because we're not going to get a, a wenger Fergie twenty year dynasty that that football's changed. But if we could have him here for five years, win two two Premier Leagues, another Champions League, maybe the FA Cup, then he, he then becomes our most successful manager. Yeah. Um as much as we all love Jose, jose for me, has tainted his legacy a little bit by the fact he's gone to Man United, then he's gone to Spurs and he just it's always been about Mourinho. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. he'll say what he needs to say to get to get affection. So he loves Chelsea. Got sacked, came back, got sacked. He hates us, like get it. He went to United. But he went to Spurs. You know, I much rather have um cool. <laughs> excuse me, too cool as our greatest said as a manager because yeah. I like him. He just you know he he gave Frank credit with Frank's uh, credit talking about the Champions League run. Yeah. How Fred has helped bring these kids in so he's a he's a, he's a top man I like, I like him a lot i really do i said i wouldn't fall in love with another manager and it's lasted like 20 games or so. i said the
0: same thing dan i said i didn't even want tommy tuchel in the first place yeah <laughs>
1: it's almost like <laughs> him straight away just the way he's spoken he's just he's such an articulate speaker about the game he, he, he's sensible and wise enough to kind of understand the english sense of humor and answer back to the, the journalists and name stupid questions He kind of yeah. you know he, he gets it he's i think he's got guy. chelsea but he, there's something very special about this club. People buy into it so much. I mean, you saw a picture of Michael Ballack at some sort of event on stage. Him watching, uh, <laughs> they were talking like a Bayern Munich legend loves Chelsea. Joe Cole, you saw like, what it meant to him in the state. I don't know if you had the BT Sport pitches, but Joe Cole was standing there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mad. All these players, they love Chelsea. You know, they could be... Fabregas. Or, like, S or whatever. They just love this club. Yeah. Something Somebody in the water, the makes them just fall in love with Chelsea. It? You know, Timo Werner, you know, he gets absolute pelters on on Twitter the whole time. I mean, in the game at Leicester, I was at, he was singing his song the whole way through. There's songs all throughout Portugal about Timo. So I took a lot of what I see on on Twitter, the massive picture sorters to the actual real kind of dynamics of the club. Any man can see Werner does his does his piece. You know, the run he made to draw away the other centre half for Cavetts um, to go through—that's intelligent running. Yep. You know, he had he had 15 goals to laugh offside this year. You can't kind of think, well, you know. Just that bit too eager, you know, a toad deal offside, which is ridiculous. You think, well, next season, you know, if he gets 20 goals, 25 goals, which I think he will do. We're, we're going to be out there about 100%. I think he's he's had a good first season. All these all these players, irrelevant of how much money they earn, they've come over to a new country in the middle of a pandemic, not seeing their family, not really going to have a social life, not really integrating with the teammates because of what's going on. It's tough at any age with any money in the bank. That's going to be really tough. Kai Habert really bad case of um, COVID. 20 years old, I think he is. It's, it's tough. People, you know, just because you've got, you know, 200 credit a week doesn't mean you're immune from, you know, feelings and emotions and depression and stuff. So just, you know, give these guys, give these guys a break. And it's not FIFA. That's the biggest thing. You're not going to do a 16 pass up the pitch and score a goal. This is not FIFA Xbox. This is real football. You know, mm-hmm, there's yeah. so many more anomalies in real football than FIFA. It's not a computer program. It's just like, come on. You're not going to score 66 goals with your, your dream team whatever it
2: is i I think it's a fair fair way to evaluate their their season this year because you have to take all that into consideration and i think most of the 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 nonsense the the shithousery i guess i would say from fans uh towards these players were from rival fans and i think that chelsea fans rightly were were frustrated at times with them but i think what you mentioned about um you know, the, the smart runs that Timo Werner makes. Uh, th- those we, we, He makes those runs and draws centre-backs in almost every match that he plays. And that's the reason yeah. why he gets the start every almost every match. Tuchel loves him um, for those reasons. Yeah. He's, he's, he might not be scoring, but he's contributing to the match every single match.
1: And he's got that pace, that blistering pace. Because mm-hmm. if Tuchel didn't make that run, Hamas doesn't go through. And mm-hmm. as off said afterwards... He did what he did because he knew that well one of the three things would happen. The goalkeeper would have a ball and it gets sent off. The goalkeeper would take him out and get sent off. Or he'd score a goal. And <laughs>
2: or he could I miss the goal score. after beating the keeper, which was yeah, also was a
1: possibility. Your best option is to score a goal go one it up. But if you're not going to score a goal, having your opposition goalkeeper sent off in the first half for a deliberate foul, that's almost as scoring a goal because it only changes the dynamic yeah. of the game. And then suddenly City have got to take it off. it will clear off bring on a very inexperienced um, Zach Steffen in the Champions League and it changes the dynamic of the game. And but... they
0: already didn't even have a DM on the pitch when that <laughs> happened.
1: Because uh, uh, I saw on the Monday Pep was so, so confident. So, so, so confident. <laughs> so confident. Really had a of Pep though. So, so confident. And then, so he uh... And then I thought, hey, he's, just, he's a bit cocky. He's a bit cocky, you know. Right the and, and then, I, saw, I got to the pub and I saw the team was out and I thought, yeah, he just never No, what? I was like, no DMS. What's he playing now? So because I thought he figured he's going to play five attacking players to kind of counteract our sort of formation of sort of five five two, whoever it was. I thought, yeah, but he's got, he's leaving no cover because we're on a counter attack. If there's no one there to mop it up, we're going to get over the top of him, which we did a few times. Yeah, and we did, and and, and has scored, and then De Bruyne got injured, which is brilliant. I mean, that was a sh- proper shit house from Ridiger where he took him out. And I just thought, yes, go on, Tony. The referee yeah. picked up, went booked. I thought it was hilarious as well. He's yeah. <laughs> cool outsmarted him completely. You know, yeah. could have, you know, Pulisic could have got that second goal, which would have made us all breathe a little easier because I thought it was in. It's like, bubble, bubble. oh, she's gone no. but actually,
0: we all thought it was in. Then yeah. the whole United States of America thought that ball was going yeah. in. I was out of my seat.
1: Mm. So it was I. Like, I was gone, to shit. <sighs> and then it's like. Yeah. And even like the seven minutes of injury time, and then early at the very last bit when Morris had that shot, and it was like like the world mm. stopped for about a second. Like, oh my <sighs> God! And it was, like breathing, and he knew more or less that the game was game was over.
2: Dan, you're giving me, you're making me anxious. Just like I going know. back and like <laughs> tapping into those like memories into my brain, and like the emotions I felt at the time are just slowly seeping yeah. out. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a couple questions regarding. Uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust and your role as a member of the board. So
1: yeah.
2: um do you mind like giving kind of like a background on what the trust is, what your guys' role, you know, whether you guys have any sort of influence on the board. Do you guys do you guys uh, handpick who we buy over the summer or is that <laughs> I,
1: I had a word with Bruce, but wasn't interested. No, um <laughs> we're basically yeah uh, we're a democratically elected trust. Um, not for profit. we have to stand for an every year. Um and this is my I think it's my fourth or fifth season as a board member. Um mm-hmm. we get different roles every season. Like, you know, I've been I wasn't met as active the overseas side, so obviously with, with um Covid, there hasn't really been much call cool to have an overseas representative because obviously very few people are travelling. Yeah. So um Chid, who you know, he he was the, the press guy and he just had too much um, stuff going on his own life, I said, well, I'm happy to do. You know, I'll do all the press inquiries. Generally, mm. think it would be absolutely fine. So, you know, from August when I got elected all the way through to the Super League, I think I had to answer one email that's something and then the Super League came over, and I was like, literally, like, I'd get into be like left, right, and centre, like ESPN, Sky, um BBC channels, ITV channels, newspapers. It was, it was nuts for like two weeks, and then the week leading up the Champions League final. That interviewed again. I was interviewed again on the Sunday afterwards. I said, "Listen, I'm happy." A BBC journalist phoned me five past seven in the Sunday morning, and my phone was off. I was like, you phoned me five past seven He goes, "Yeah, yeah. I thought you might be celebrating, so I thought I'd give it a try." But uh, <laughs> no. Going back to your question, yeah, we we kind of because we're democratically elected, we're not not we're not what we call nodding dogs. A lot a lot of the um, supporters groups are. They like they like. It's difficult. They're they're good people. They're all good Chelsea fans, but we we, we will fight for causes. I'll give you a classic example. What we did: we played Liverpool in the Cup. um, I think it was two seasons ago. and The club had said the start of the season, and ticket prices for all matches will be set at whatever price it was. Mm -hmm. We drew it all put home. They then decided to put the prices up to Category A, so it gone from I think it was 30 to 50 or 25 to whatever 25 to 40. It was a big increase, Mm -hmm. and we fought back straight away and said, No, no, no! You said in August. These are prices, these are prices. And we push back massively, massively. And we we're, we're, were very big on social medias. And then within 24 hours, of club had then reneged and gone back to the original prices. So the whole the whole. There like, you whole go,
2: Super Dan. Good job. You guys did yeah, your job.
1: You know, Super, yeah, that's what little things like that. I mean, Super League stuff, we were very much anti it. I mean, we have meetings with the club very regularly with, like, you know, when the Super League stuff came out. There was a meeting with Bruce bark Steve Atkins one of Roman's cohorts on the board mm. they, they give us meetings they listen to us they talk to us they put this thing out about the fans charter so they want to get on board and we are having none of it because essentially just them handpicking who they want to be on the board they would probably be like yes Bruce anything you want Bruce you know they would be nodding dogs they don't want to fight for the cause like you know ticket prices we'll fight back on um a bigger picture now is all the support the other sports are trying to you know, bring the broadcasters in the UK to task for kickoff time. So, you know, we're not going up to Newcastle at twelve thirty on Boxing Day, or we're not going to play Man City at five thirty when the last train goes before the game's over. So, all, all these things that are important to fans, but the broadcasters don't give a shit about because they just want to, they just want their money. You know, mm-hmm. key things like that. And I mean, the, the broadcasters we've been pushing them for years and not really making any progress. We're going to keep pushing. I mean, this, the pushback on the Super League made. Club set up and realise actually you know what fans are important because you know the fact that we with very minimal resources all these Chelsea fans got themselves together got down to Stamford Bridge in the middle of a pandemic to basically tell them where to stick in the Super League mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it come to an end. It's just little things like that. I mean, we you know you pay you pay you, you pay five pounds a year to become a voting member. You go onto the Chelsea Sports Trust website. You pay five pounds. You become voting member. You get invited to. Um, AGMs, EGMs, all the general meetings are currently on on Zoom, but you know there's opportunities to come to the UK for the meetings, or you could just join and be a non-voting member, and you still get newsletters and so on and so forth. Just, just to make sure that we'll we'll be a voice for you, for supporters, which we can do. So you know, as we as much as we can do, we can do. I mean, obviously we're fighting, you know, a huge, big behemoth of a football club, but. What they don't like is bad publicity. Bad publicity is not good for, for, for Brian Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something that I've always kind of wanted to promote on the podcast for, for our listeners to join, but yeah. I never really knew how to present it. So what I'm going to go ahead and do is um, after we after we record the show, if you guys are listening and you'd like to join, I'm going to post up all the details for how you could become a member, uh, a member uh, voting and non-voting. So um, I appreciate that, Dan. And, and, yeah, thank
1: you. Um, yeah, we are. We had an incredible increase in numbers um, on the back of the Super League. I mean, like, our present increasing new members joining, joining us from all, oh, all really? across the region. Yeah. I mean, like, numbers were just getting absolutely crazy. You know, all of us did this on, on a voluntary basis. So suddenly we're like, for me, doing all the press stuff almost became a full time job. I won that. I think I had like five interviews and then one in <laughs> the evening, and then, I'll, you know, because then obviously my, my number gets spread around and stuff. So I'm you know, always, you know. Enjoyable deal. It's like oh, gosh, I should do some, I've got to do some real work now because I don't get paid for this. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. you didn't ask for any checks. <laughs> no. Well, my, my sister goes. She's trying it and goes. I wish I could. But, no. Is it just part of what we do for the yeah. supporters? We know we don't. We don't get paid. We don't. You know, have any bonuses from the club? We don't see anything. We don't get any heads up on stuff. I mean, even like the Super League stuff. We had a meeting with the club. Th- three days before it came out, they were telling us about what they're doing with season ticket prices. Oh. Seating, so on and so forth, not a single mention of the Super League, even if they said, listen, this is embargoed, you can't do anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're transparent as they, they can want to be. But, we, you know, because we've got Nick Dom, who's a deputy chairman. He's, he's been a breath of fresh air. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's really kind of, his skill set combined with everybody else's skill sets is really kind of taking the trust to another level. We're, you know, we're all very, very proactive and it's, it's, it's good because, you know, we need, we need to kind of, you know, ha- have your voices heard.
2: Well, this might not be as good as a paycheck, but uh, I wanted to give you my thanks and appreciation for representing us so well. So that might that yeah. might suffice a little bit. Uh, you guys you know did a great that, job. I
1: appreciate that. That's all I need because we're all fans together and I'm yeah. fortunate that so I can maybe give a little bit more. But, you know, the thanks is all I need. That means that means more than, you know, a paycheck or royalty.
0: Yeah, it depends on how much the paycheck's for, but yeah.
1: Well, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like if it's got few zeros. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dan's the perfect person to represent us because he's not one of those toxic Twitter uh, mobsters he's or whatever opposite. you want to call them. Yeah, the opposite.
1: Yeah. Rational. Yeah, the polar opposite. <laughs> Twitter twats.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Twitter exactly. Twitter
2: twats. <laughs> Recently, a, a post surfaced. I don't, I'm sure I don't know if you. I'm sure you've become aware that Chelsea's expanding its standing section uh, to have one yeah. of the largest safe standing sections in England. So you know. Many uninformed fans may think that losing capacity makes things worse at Stamford Bridge, uh, being it's already doesn't really compare to the larger stadiums. Think you know Old Trafford, I'll say Emirates too. And uh, being that you you know you're a member of the Supporters Trust, could you explain why this is actually a positive for the stadium environment and fan experience? I
1: think I think safe standing is because most. You know, our supporters, you know, who go, who go to and from matches, they, they want to stand anyway because we always grew up standing on terraces, only because of the Hillsborough disaster in, um, 80, well, here it was, in 89, that we yeah. had to do all seats for safety. But, you know, whenever I go to a way match, I'll stand for 90 minutes. And it's just, it kind of gave back to the authentic what football was. You know, back in the day, those ramshackle terraces and standing, you know, cheek to jowl with everybody. It just, you know, it, based on it, it's basically a rail seat that if it's a uh, safe same standing match and just flip the rail up and you can stand. Otherwise it's just back and you'd be you sit down. So it's not like a permanent fixture. They're just what, what you know, what football's all about. You know, we love standing up. You know, we know it's recently that over the last couple of years when people the like Matthew Harding or the Shed stand up, they're not told to sit down anymore by, by stewards they used to be. So they you know it's you can your voice announces it's better, you can shout, you can cheer. it it'll, it'll be great if you know if any of you guys come to a match and you can get in seat standings. It's a completely different experience. I know, I know a lot of your, your guys stay mainly in the they're all, they're all cities, aren't they? Or
0: your, your kind of professional stadium in the states,
1: aren't
2: they? Yeah. Well, yeah. well we, I mean, well, we just F- yeah, L A F C, their new stadium, their brand new uh, L A team. Bank of California. Yeah. yeah, they have a standing room section. I went. To, I went for the first game. I went for yeah. Zach's birthday. It was the most fun I have ever had at a soccer match. And I went to the World Cup in Russia. This was yeah. the best. This was the best experience I think I ever had in a match, just because of how yeah. crazy the the environment was. I I so keep in mind,
0: game. Angelinos are wild too. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm seen, sure. I'm sure seen, Londoners uh, are wild too. <laughs>
1: case, you know, Sue, you know, Jean? You know Jean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. We yeah, found her yeah. on the show. She, she's, like, she's big into her LA, and I see her stuff on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I like, oh, wow, oh, yeah. Awesome. No, but that's that's what I mean. That's like that's what football's about for me. You're on the terraces. You're with the fans. You do all the singing, and you, you notice the atmosphere will be much more centrally located so you know if they all the singing fans are in this sort of safe standing area it'll be a much better atmosphere yes you'll, you'll lose a few hundred seats but then it's so be it and you know, that's just it's just where it is i mean you can't you can't have both ways you can't have you know better atmosphere less seats and so on and so forth but you know it won't be for every game and it'll, yeah. it'll be a great experience um we're never going to go back to um all standing stadium because of sort of health and safety and stuff like that but it will certainly be a a good experience if you know, when you when you guys come over and you want to try and see it if you get fun Cause like when I go to like the non league low league football that's all kind of like one grandstand loads of standing behind the goal kind of stuff, which is so much more fun. It's just like, you know, you get a different perspective of the pitch and so on. And, and yeah. we like this And the last few wagons I've been to before lockdown, literally I sat I sat down for ten minutes at half time, and then back up again and off off we sing. There we go. So,
0: no, I, I'm excited for that personally. And like Sam said, after experiencing the whole LAFC safe standing area, I mean, granted, it's only behind one goal, but, um, you know, they call themselves a 32-52. It's unbelievable, the atmosphere. There's nothing like it. And that's something, again, like you said, in American sports, we don't really get that. We only get on our feet when LeBron, you know, dunks an alley-oop or Derek Jeter hits a home run, you know. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to kind of go back to uh to this year's team. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of questions as to who's coming, who's going. Uh, what the board are targeting in terms of transfers. I mean, we had an email question from uh, our good friend Pete, a.k.a. at Commodore Papadopoulos on Twitter. I know, it's quite a name. I'm guessing he's Greek. Just a yeah. wild guess, guys. Um. Uh, he asked, who do you consider untouchable in this squad? And um, what price tag would you put on them or others? So he gave us he gave us a list of his untouchables and the borderline players. I'm so, just gonna I'm just gonna
1: the compare contrast what was that let's work through off. his list so we can compare and contrast how we yeah. Feel. yeah
0: I mean the first untouchable Mason mount 100 all agree on that yeah well,
1: anyway he it'll be hundred million plus
0: oh yeah um yeah. Kai Havertz, another untouchable yeah. he listed hundred uh Rudy
1: Rudy his contracts interesting um mm-hmm. I'd say Sixty forty important
0: I say if we don't get Declan, I think Rudy has to be untouchable because he'll be our shit house player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hope he signs a new deal because I like him. He's turned, he's turned his form. So yeah, I would say with a new contract, he's untouchable as he is now. It's, it's in the balance because he, he's got a year left, so he could go quite easily.
0: Yeah. Sam, um, do you have anything to add on Rudy? You like him or? Uh...
1: I love
2: Rudiger, but I think with the way that Tukul has set up our defense, it really is like a plug and play kind of system. It doesn't matter who's back there, it looks solid. So I would not call Rudy untouchable. The the intangibles that you mentioned, Zach, that that does weigh in a little bit. Maybe, you know, we we need someone to to fill in that gap of just the the guy who's who's not afraid to to shit house a little bit, you know, the dark the master of the dark arts. We need yeah, that. Yeah. So I think I think, but I would I don't know if I would call him untouchable
0: at this point. I mean, Pete has Reese James on this list, which I completely agree with, yeah. but he does not yeah. have Ben Chilwell. And if no, you ask
1: Chilwell. me, well, I'm just gonna um, left back yeah. In the well, so he he's untouchable. Thank you, opinion. Dan. I was gonna yeah, say I, I
0: think we have the best full I think we have the, the best fullback pairing in the country, arguably Europe. I think the only team that might be able to hold a candle to us might be Bayern with Kimmich and and. Uh, What's that yeah. uh, Canadian kid? Get
1: Liverpool, they're the best. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, no. maybe
2: last year, no, not no, this gone. year. Hey, no, you long, know yeah. Dan? Dan, as 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 the conductor of the chili train, uh, I really admire your answer, so I appreciate that. Welcome
1: on board. His Instagram stuff's amazing as well. When he does like when he's, when he's trying to you know wind up Zoom and stuff, that's just hilarious. Yeah, he's that. even
0: trying to wind up Declan Rice saying Mason's yeah. his best friend. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the most uh, obvious untouchable and hope and uh, it, it looks all signs are pointing out we're going to re-sign him. Golo Conte, future d'Or winner, right Dan?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think, but only cycle seven. On is how in his injuries and whether he's it could have done without having a tournament this summer to rest. I mean, he's you see the impact he makes when he plays. I just ideally he needed to have a summer off because he's not going to get anything off for the next two years. But yeah, I mean, yeah. this is a piece. Probably the nicest, most humblest, most incredible footballer ever to have lived. I mean, everything about him is just so. You can't hate him. You can't not yeah, hate him. The nothing. He, he's so humble. He just smiles, and you know, he doesn't even have like a flash car. He drives like a, a, a and he's, <laughs> Like, Wow, you know, you're, you're earning like a million pounds a month, and this is just your absolute humbleness. And there's, I think, there's a picture of him with his mum, I think, in the Champions yeah. League final, which is such a nice picture. He just saw this. He's like a little kid who's. You know, picked up from school from his mom he's just such a oh love him absolutely
0: love him he's the best i think i, I think he hit a good point there he is playing a lot of football lately i think yeah. a lot of our midfielders even if you look at Jorginho towards the end of the season he was pretty much a shoe-in for every single match yeah. now he's gonna go start for italy um so i think i think bringing in cover at that position is probably going to be crucial this summer mm-hmm. um it, it depending on what his plans are for billy gilmore i mean now that i brought his name up um is that somebody you'd like to see integrated into the squad next season, or possibly get uh, a loan spell somewhere?
1: I think he's got the talent to drop straight into the squad. I don't, you know, he's, he hasn't. He's not feared. He doesn't fear anyone. Um, it's just whether he, at this stage of his career, is more beneficial for him to get a loan somewhere than yeah. still being a bit part player. Because I mean, I'd imagine Georgina is going to stay. I imagine Kovacic is going to stay. I imagine Ngole is going to stay. Then you know, he's essentially fourth choice pick. And if we bring in a declan Rice sake of argument and then he's like well where's he coming now is he going to you know, digress in? is he going to have a look at Conor Gallagher and lost a in pre-season and see, see, how, see how good they are so it's a case of I would say alone but he's got to play like Conor Gallagher Conor Gallagher played 30 games for West Rob and a struggling side one really player well.
0: of the season yeah, yeah.
1: He's, he's got to go to a club that's you know cause Ab- and of course he have got do as well to come back but Alford he a wasted season at Sheffield United so he needs to go somewhere that he's going to play football Regularly and get twenty five, thirty, forty games under his belt, which he needs, and he comes back twenty two, twenty three, stronger, better, and a bit more kind of rounded. But, and we said that if we have a good cut run well, again, we're going to be hanging fifty five, sixty games next season. So you know, with Super Cup, with the um, World Club Cup in December, we're going to need need a big squad. I I, I think Gilmore will depend on what happens in the transfer window um, and who comes, who goes. I mean, my gut is he'll he'll stay. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's that he's that good. He's that talented. He's that fearless for somebody so young that he'll he'll benefit. You know, for you know, like he, he can play his way to the team like you know, Christ, like Christensen has done, play his way back in the team, just being absolutely a brilliant end second half of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, he gave us that's the end of his untouchables list. Pretty short one,
1: okay. uh, to be uh, honest.
0: Dan, this is where it gets this is where it gets kind of tricky. Is okay. his un, his borderline untouchables list. Okay. Name number one, which is a name I disagree with, and it hurts me so much to say it. Christian Pulisic, Captain no, America no. himself.
1: <laughs> Christian Pulisic. He's had uh, that hamstring injury he got in the cup final last season, really set him back. Yeah. And I think you saw when he came back, I think he's quite nervous about making those really sort of powerful, strong ones because of his hamstrings. Um, He has to say for me, I think he's, he's for me, he's untouchable. He's young. 22, I think, isn't he? He's such a talented player. He's fast. He's quick. He's got amazing feet. If he gets fully really fit and he gets his mental game head on, he ha- he is he's, he's He's unplayable. I mean, that that back end of last season when he was tearing people apart, he, you know, the Man City game when he yeah at home when he ripped through the defence, the goal against Liverpool. I mean, he, boy's proper football. Like, I have to be telling on this When we signed him. I was like, this is just a commercial signing, you know. How good is he? And I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. He is a real talent. He is an yeah. absolute fan. He's got an number 10 shirt. If we let him go, it's madness because he'll end up coming back to bite us. We've let too many players go too soon. You know, Kevin De Bruyne and Lukaku. And not always because, you know, Chelsea's fault they wanted to go. We need, same with Timo, same with Pulisic. These are players, 22 and 25. Could be... You know, key marquee players for the next five years, so they they need to stay. So no, Pulisic definitely on the untouchables for me. Untouchables.
2: Be, untouchables. Yeah. Be, be be honest with us, Dan. Are you only saying that because you're on our show right now and we're American? No, be no,
1: honest. I, I was, <laughs> no, no. I was so cynical about Pulisic because I didn't know too much about him. You know, I've got a life. I don't go and watch like you know, of course, Bundesliga football. And I thought oh, he's young, he's American, he's a good-looking boy. We're trying to you know tap into the American market. We'll sign him. And we'll sell shirts, and you know the Americans will love him because he's like you know blah, blah blah blah. What a brilliant football player he is! I mean, love he's that. getting off my seat the back in the last, the, the, um, not the season, just past, previous season. I was he got me off my seat with some stuff he was in that Man City goal at Stamford Bridge when mm-hmm. he kind of threw the defender, ripped past him and scored the goal at Liverpool. He chested it and volleyed it in. Oh I mean, the Cup final when he did his hamstring, he nearly scored. He was just he was on fire. I mean, wow! No, yeah. definitely definitely think he's a, a, a future world-class
0: talent that's the right answer <laughs> yeah. we have a uh, the next name on the list and i think this is a a, a decent borderline one andreas Christensen. um so obviously we had tiago silva come yeah. in he deputized in the center of that back three in my opinion i don't think Christensen uh is only limited to that middle position anymore we saw him play on the right and the left at times this season and he looked yeah. like he could hold his own there as well so Obviously, this is a guy, Dan, that we can get a lot of money for. Um, yeah. But what do you, where do you kind of stand with him?
1: I think Christensen in a two doesn't work. I don't think he's physically strong enough. I don't think he's good enough to play in a two. He's quite weak. Yeah. When um, three, he's his ball playing is really in the game is very good. But if he's up against a big solid centre forward, he's going to get bullied. I think we. I remember it was the. Um, UEFA yeah, League semi-final up again. I think he was up against the guy who went to Madrid. Um, what's his name? The big striker. Um, went from Stuttgart to Madrid. Uh, what's his name? But he was getting Luka bullied Jovic? Oh, jo- Jovic? Luka Jovic. 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 He's getting bullied yeah. by Jovic. A whole match was down for Bridge. And, you know, he's... <laughs> then you've got Mark Goury coming back. So if Gouy comes back and he gives me be better. As well. he's a physical specimen. He's big. He's had a really good load spell in a tough, tough championship. I he's saw good. him
0: play the. Uh, I saw him play in the championship playoffs. He looked incredible. I think he won man of the uh, match both matches too. Yeah,
1: he's a yeah. very, very good player. He's, he's a physical Yeah, Christian said, listen, take him on even He's done really, really well. He doesn't. If we go back to four four two, he doesn't work in the two for me. I don't think he's got the physical strength or his domination and the air to do it. But in the three, mm-hmm. yeah, hell yeah, I think in the three, he's he's very, very good.
0: I mean, I think eventually, long term, Tuchel might go to that four-two-four that everybody's been been rumoring, and if that's the case, I don't think Christensen necessarily has a place. And like you said, I mean, we got Ampadu, who I don't—he's another tricky one too because he went on loan and it, it wasn't really successful. I don't think you yeah. i don't think he learned much by conceding three goals a match, yeah. especially as a center back. Um, and, and and he was in and out of the squad. I think another loan's in store for him. But Mark is another one that. That name really sticks out to me because he's been yeah. he's been incredible, especially considering that we are going to be offloading for Kyle Tomori. Um, if you guys yeah. are listening and you didn't know that, the deal is basically completed: twenty-eight and a half million Tomori to AC Milan. So that's not a possibility anymore, which is unfortunate because I thought I thought he was uh, he was brilliant for us his first yeah. season under Frank. have um,
1: something's happened off the pitch. I think I don't think it's on talent because if Paolo Maldini, do yeah. a good centre back, you've got to stand up and pay attention, so some, something's happened whether it was his social life, I don't know, but listen you know, it, good, good luck to him you know, as long as we've got a buyback for him, hopefully yeah, he doesn't like Man City in three years time for like 80 million you know,
0: <laughs> good lord I, I
1: was saying, Christensen definitely um, yeah. and I, I, mean, what I have to do again, he's a sort of player where he, he's had a couple of good matches uh, he, he needs game time he, again, he, like if um, Billy Gilmore goes on there, he needs to go to a good team to get, you know, not Sheffield United who just like, you know, just fell to pieces the entire season. You want somebody there who's, you know, a good progressive manager. So if you, you know, I don't know, trying to think where he'd go. Premier, he definitely needs a Premier League loan. So maybe like, I mean, if we went to Norwich, possibly, because they, they, you know, they're a yeah. good coach, they play good football. Is Fargo still there? Yeah, still so there. If they've yeah. had a season. Back in the Premier League, so hopefully they'll, you know, they might invest a bit better. He's a decent they manager. Play like football. um yeah. Well, I, go. I mean, I mean, um, he could do worse than going to West Ham, for example, you know, part of the Declan Rice deal. Was I saw a know, lot of
0: rumours about Newcastle inquiring about Billy Gilmore and Tammy as well, so maybe yeah. that's enough. But, but then again, I don't really like that because the, they, they don't play progressive football, and,
1: no, they don't. don't know. It's just like old man football. I mean, they, yeah. know, they, do, they do try and kind of. <laughs> typical wingers, you know, hit it to hit it long over the top, get the wingers in and put your big set of forward in the middle. Yeah,
0: and Joel Linton's only gonna score one goal a season and uh, I don't want Billy Gilmore to only get one assist next season. Yeah. So
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, Joel is an awful player, cry. Yeah. But I mean that's, the
0: next name that's on that's this still. list, Dan I think this is a name for me that's untouchable just because I don't want to go into the market for another one. Edward Mendy.
1: Yeah. Oh he's untouchable. But yeah. but 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 get Donna Room on a free then mm. 22 year old keeper
2: and, and then profit so- off mendy i mean i'm sure his, his price has gone um, up from no, what we bought uh,
1: mendy comes as a backup because it, it, we can't have um out of this keppa uh, as a number two because i just don't think keppa's shot
2: he was a uh, fine a, number two Kepa. this year
0: i was fine. He's not I'm, an untouchable dan i'm, 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 I'm keppa is untouchable for me as no, a backup like, keeper
1: untouchable. he's <laughs> uncatchable
0: he's <laughs> uncatchable <laughs> No, Sorry,
1: Willie
2: Caballero is actually untouchable for me. That, that's the name on, on my list. He well. se-
1: had a good first season under, um, under Surrey, because you know, he kept a lot of clean sheets, made some good saves, we won the Europa League, and then obviously Frank came in. In fact, hadn't organized defence particularly well. He'd let in some goals, he made some mistakes, and he, he, he struggled for it. But I think mm. if we get Donnarumma, then that does put under question what you do, Mendy, because Donnarumma is 22, 23, 200 games in Serie A. Italian first-choice goalkeeper and a player for the next 10-12 years. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm in I'm in that position where, yeah, if you could bring a player like him on a free, you, you definitely have to go after him, especially yeah. if you're a club like Chelsea. But at the same time, I, for me, right now, at this point, I think Mendy's untouchable. Just based on his body of work, what he's done so far, he's able to – he could catch a ball, like Dan said. Um, <laughs> Wait, Dan.
1: That, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to just say, if you get – listen, you get the choice to upgrade – any position you take it, because that's football. As cynical yeah. as hard as it may be, unfair on Mendy, because he's had an incredibly good season mm-hmm. for us. But then you think, well, you know what? Thanks, Mendy, we've got a better goalkeeper. You know, it sucks, but that's that's football, that's life.
0: It kind of falls into that uh, Sir Alex school of thought where, like, right after you win a title, you bring in a player okay, to just completely no. disrupt the starting 11 right away, but... but
2: you what? Uh, so I, think, I just I...
0: wanted a quick quick
2: question, sorry, Dan. Like, no, the way the, the way that... Keppa ended the season starting all the FA Cup matches, a couple of league matches as well. Yeah. That didn't that didn't give you a little bit more confidence in his ability to be a backup goalkeeper. I thought I thought it, it did for me because I was on the same boat as you before. Yeah.
1: I think Keppa. I mean, I think the Keppa. He, he did a couple of clean sheets. He did well. He Did well. Man City game. I mean, the goal, the Leicester goal, the cup final. We all knew his weaknesses. Um, he does a dive off with the wrong hand, which he did. Um. Listen, he's, a he's, 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 a, he's a good lad. He looks like a nice lad. He's had, he's had a tough time as well with personal issues and stuff. I just don't think, like with Mendy, up, Mendy upgraded um, Kepa. Now if we can upgrade on Mendy with rumor. he's the only one out that I'd probably want to upgrade with because otherwise I think they're all kind of like sideways moves that, that are yeah. achievable targets. But listen, Kepa, Kepa is alone. He's got He's got another four years on his contract, so he's not going anywhere. And we're not going to get any money for him now. So I think Kepa will, Needs a loan. Come at the far line a little bit because you got you got, got hammered by the media, hammered by Chelsea, some Chelsea fans, and it's tough. It's tough because you know you make a mistake as a goalkeeper, that's it. You know, game's over. It's, it's shit. You know. Yeah. You saw the I mean the Liverpool match season four last when he didn't have the ball. There was going, Kepa! because it was an empty stadium. You heard him just shout Kepa. So if Kepa gets to have, have a loan and then and they'll come back and and challenge. But we need because Woody's gone now, so we need. We're getting. I think there's got to keep coming in. I'd imagine because we already got two goalkeepers right now, haven't we? I think
0: mm-hmm. that's the issue. And I, and I keep saying like when we signed Keppa, what was it like a six or seven year contract? I say Definitely. every year that we keep him on the books shaves off about ten million from his price tag. And oh, even with the, even with the way he's playing right now, I don't think he's worth the forty million. <laughs> if you if you if you go by my logic,
1: that, yeah, that's, he needs a loan. Get a really mm-hmm. good loan somewhere. Maybe go back to Spain, close to his family. Have a good loan, get your form back. You know, because things we were, we were all all very side Um, Allison from Roma, but then Liverpool came on board and stole it from under our noses. Let's not talk then about then that. Uh, Kepper was a panic boy. Um, they knew that. That's why we were stung to pay seventy-two million pounds for him. Yeah. I mean the last
0: name on this list before we move on to the next question here, Dan, uh, is yeah. Timo Werner. He it seems like our friend Pete is on the fence about him as well.
1: No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm for keeping Timo. I just think I've, been, I've seen what he can do, how close he isn't. He came so close to getting a 20 goal season. You know, yes, he he needs to be. You know, the, like some of the goals were just, just ludicrous VAR decisions. Mm-hmm. One or two were clear and obvious offsides, but you just think his pace, his intelligence, his running off the ball. The fact that um, Tuchel uses him so cleverly, efficiently, play uh, a player with genuine pace is feared because if you know if you've got your if you've got your back to goal and you've got someone flying past you, you're done because you know you cut by some turns, he's three four yards out 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 of your way you're not going to attack him so I think that no, Timo team has got to stay I think Timo's going to put up some amazing numbers next season I think this you know you saw it a bit from the Champions League he's settled now family started to come over all The Covid stuff coming to an end, and I just think he is an intelligent footballer. You know, people get called offside all the time, it happens, you know, especially yeah. VAR when it's you have to question what you know, what is that line, was it where the ball was played, all these stupid VAR lines and stuff like that. So, uh, I'd for me is definitely untouchable. I mean, he's 26, we, we, we set him to where, and he, he goes and runs 30 goals a season, we look like absolute idiots again. So no Timo's definitely definite
0: one for me. I mean, I agree with you. I think he does granted, yeah, forward is supposed to score goals and, and playmake, but like you said, I think Timo I don't think we've had a player that reads and runs the channels as well as Timo has in a very, very long time. I don't think ever. Um, at least in the time I've been watching Chelsea. So yeah, I I, I think you're I think you're spot on. If he has a good tournament for Germany, then who's to say next season he doesn't come in and bang in fifteen and fifteen? You know, it's it's
1: Pre-season were too cool. Just, just a bit a little... Just he needs to yeah. be a little bit smart with his runs. Because he's, I, he's smart enough, you know, because, you know, he's, he's got the beating mm-hmm. of most centre-backs. And just look along the line for a second. I know yeah. this always gonna me the odd decision where, you know, like the Liverpool goal when the offside was really tight. But, you know, as you say, his biggest contribution was that run that pulled the... I think it was Diaz out from the centre-half position. Channel's open. You know, um, Tammy probably wouldn't have made that run for example. Yeah. You know, he's an intelligent footballer. He knows, well, as you say, one of the channels just to be aware and what have you. And I think he'll score goals. It will def- Listen, I won't say I'm going to get a T-mo tattoo, but if he, you know, if he doesn't get 20 goals, I'll do something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just kind of going
0: off that Timo question, I always said I thought his finishing, or at least his, his goals and assist numbers would go up if we had a proper striker. We created the most chances in the league since Tuchel came in. So, yeah. obvi- Russell Saunders asked, our good friend Russell Saunders. Oh, uh, yeah, Russell Saunders. Uh, he said he asked obviously we need to improve finishing so do we buy or work with what we have
1: we have to buy right and mm. right now for me there's only a couple of strikers in the world who are worth money for and apparently he's not going anywhere and Haaland. i know harland is an interesting one because he has a i believe has a clause in his contract that next summer his buy goes to 75 million yeah um so if somebody's going come on now and give £100 million, Dortmund have got to ask us as a question, what do we do now? You know, do we take £110 million for sake of argument or do we wait until next summer where he might want to go because Dortmund only just squeezed into the Champions League. Then he might go, we're losing £35 million on money. And if you say we'll throw in Callum and Lowe for the season for sake of argument, you know, what do they do then? I, th- I think Chelsea, not many really clubs before him now. I think City may go for Kane. Uh, yeah, I, I would literally just throw the entire budget on Haaland
2: because we don't need much else, to be honest There we go, Dan. That's what I'm
0: talking about. I was going to say, hey, did you see the he's... smile on Sam's face when you
2: said yes. Haaland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and also with, with possibly Jan Sancho leaving this summer, what you just said with Cho on loan, I think that makes a lot of sense for Dortmund as well. Like, that's very enticing to them. Like, I think I think that what you're saying about their price possibly dropping next season that's putting a lot of pressure on them. They have to make the decision right now whether they want yeah. to risk that, or you know, make the money now and get rid of them. I mean, if they're going to sell Jay and Sancho this year too, they're going to probably you know regress a little bit from what they were last year. So they might as well just
1: you yeah, know go full
2: fledged that direction. Sorry, the two
1: hundred million pounds war chest to buy players on, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And it's just also mm-hmm. they've been massively hit by COVID, so you know, to, to lose twenty five million pounds on a player a bit not real money and then selling next year for 75 million when it's like well take the money do the math you know 25 you know if they sell sancho and they sell harland 200 million that buys them four five really good players and fresh for like three four years
0: and we and we forgot to mention Dortmund is probably one of the best buying clubs in Europe they get the most out of their money yeah. definitely you know they only they only go after oh, bargain man. buys that they're going to profit on three or four years from now i think the only one the only one that didn't was like julian brandt but yeah <laughs> every other one worked out for them. Did
1: the Pudisic, from where we came from was he at the academy
0: know. i think it was like 50 million right somewhere yeah where, where do you come Zach? where do you come up from but uh, uh, he mm-hmm. was with their academy before oh, okay yeah exactly yeah, he was brought up yeah. to the academy
1: it's uh, you know Timo off him, you've got Kai off him, you've got Pulisic off him, you've got, you know, just, yeah. that's just incredible. It's like it's crazy football. we get all those players, and then you might go 4 2, four, two, sorry, four, two 3, 1 formation.
0: Yeah, that's a man, possibility. The, 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 I, I the, think the we have two, so many attackers, man. That, that's yeah. the thing. we got to be able to fit them into the team.
1: Yeah, well, it's just it's a squad game now. So if you think Mounts always going to start? Hammers. Oh, for it. sure. And depending on what he does it might need one or two
2: so that's like
0: who the situation it's going to be a
2: striker we don't know yeah and Dorman, Dorman with 250 million war chest is would be scary that would be awesome they, actually interesting to see there
0: if any club is to sell their two stars it, it would be them because they they have no hesitation buying and selling i mean yeah that, that's how the club is sustained so <laughs> i mean between be awesome. sancho and holland if they sold them both this summer they're looking at Upwards of 200 million. I 200 think you get million. around 100 for Sancho, and you get a 120 for Haaland, give or take.
1: Yeah, 10 million.
0: Yeah, that's a shit ton of money, man.
1: Yeah. it does help the COVID crisis at the club as well. Get some yeah. back on.
0: And if they take Callum on loan, they'll be sticking one to Bayern too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> get the guy that they wanted. Um,
1: oh, we, we you have... Would you sacrifice Callum for Haaland? Straight up swap. No. Oh. Pop. No. With it was cash and seventy million.
0: Yes. We... I think I think oh, Holland yeah. is a potential Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. Same here. He's a um, freak.
1: Well, he hasn't had many chances. Kind hasn't <laughs> convinced me enough. He's gonna, you know, when he's had the chances. Yeah. But... I mean, I
0: think I think at li- I, I, I I think the trajectory he's going, he's gonna wind up in the same conversation as as Lewandowski for sure. The Lewandowski, the Luis Suarez is at the top of their games. Yeah. But arguably, he can be in that conversation with the Messis and Ronaldo's if he keeps going where he's going.
1: And I'd say if we get if we could get Lewandowski for a couple of years, he would be oh. an incredible oh. signing. What oh a player! That's not happening. If, if, if ball, Lewandowski for two years. I mean, wow, the man. He's he's 32, but he's got so fit. He he's got a wife who's a fitness instructor and a nutritionist. He's got the most incredible That's everything smart. about him. He'll he'll bang in goals for fun. I mean, wow.
0: We'll have the best-looking center-forwards in World Football oh, between him and
1: Drew. He'll be like, we'll white. <laughs> Germans, be. we're just a team full of Germans, two full of Germans. <laughs> oh, I don't mean, he's Polish, isn't he? He's yeah, Polish, Close isn't he? Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got we got another
2: question. I think this is the last question we have from Twitter. Um, this yeah. one's from uh, Leonard Cohen, and he always writes very formally, so I have to read it in a formal voice. <clears <Okay>. <clears <throat> Dear Pod, as a 2021 UEFA Champions League winners, Chelsea will play in the FIFA World Cup or FIFA Club World Cup and the UEFA Super Cup. What does the Pod think are Chelsea's chances of winning either or both trophies? Dan, what do you think?
1: I think we've got a very good chance of winning, beating Villarreal in the um, Super Cup. I think. For sure. We're, they're a good. They're a decent team, but we we should have way too much for them. I mean, I'd be, I'd be Unless he's incredibly cocky, but I'd be amazed if he didn't win it. Um, I think. I'm sure, United
2: has, felt the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I just. Yeah, but they've they've got a Norwegian P teacher as a coach. You know, we've got a world class <laughs> manager. Um, uh, got, got a gollum as I like to call him, and then we've got. I, I don't even know who's in the, um, the. Yeah, I don't know who's in the World Cup Cup. To be honest, I haven't even seen what teams are in there. But again, I think. Yeah. You know, there's not a really top top South American team in there because they are really they're good teams. I think we got we could do it both. The most disappointing part of twenty twelve Munich was getting hammered by Athletic in the Super Cup and then Fat Benitez fucking up the um, yeah. World Cup Cup. So those yeah. that really that really was annoying those two games. I, I think we got very good chance of being Villarreal with all due respect to any Villarreal fans who might be listening. Um I mean,
0: these are generally two trophies that football fans would Not really give a fuck about, but going back to what I said earlier in the pod, it's two trophies.
1: I still want to win them. Yeah, Yeah. I mean they're they're kind of the Super Cups, like the European Charity Shield. So it's nice to win it. It'd be good again getting these players a winning mentality to to win another trophy so soon afterwards. And to be honest, to say you're the best team in the world, albeit it's not a huge competition, it's still it's still a bit of kudos that you can say you now got you know you've won the World Club Cup, albeit it's a bit of a you know bit of a charity shield, community shield kind of thing. Like, oh, listen, I take yeah. to two more trophies. That takes me to 20, 29 trophies that I've seen us win. But yeah, hell yeah, that would there... I don't go just to make up numbers. I want to go there, go there to win it. And I, I would say we've got a very, very good chance to be bit of And I think we've got neither check was in there. But I think there's no reason why we can't win them both and end up, you know, with th- three trophies this year. It's kind
0: yeah, of I year. mean, it's uh. I think it'll just establish that winning culture or at least maintain it because right now we have it, right? We won the yeah. Champions League. I think that's said, I mean, you look at Mason Mount's interview straight away. He so said, we're going to go right back at it next year. Tuchel said the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that mentality's there. But but it, it, I guess this is kind of a, a Mourinho school of thought. But if the trophy's there, you've got to win it just to maintain that mentality so it doesn't yeah. slip.
1: Exactly. You saw how much the cup final hurt Reese and Mount mm-hmm. the last couple of years. No one wants to lose two cup finals in a row. You know these kids want to win stuff. They're and That that change in mentality by winning, uh, you know, the European Cup and beating three very good teams on the route to the the final and then Manchester City. I mean, that's that that wasn't a fluke. 2012 oh. it kind of fluked a few games. This was totally deserved. We've been a very average over two legs. Porto game was pretty much won in the um, the first leg. And Real, I mean. Wow. I mean, you know, we just put them to bed as well. You know, 13-time, you know, still Real Madrid. May not be the strongest Real Madrid. But still no, Real still
0: Madrid. Madrid. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then Man City, we made them look bang average, if I'm honest. I don't, I don't recall many really making any saves, particularly. Mendy they were didn't. my
0: favourites going into the Champions League this year. I had yeah, Man City think, winning it.
1: Yeah. And I think he met a couple of really good tackles from the phone in the first half, which was fantastic. I and mean, then, as has been in the second half. You know, it's, it's, it's that they get it now. This is what it feels like to win. You know, they've had the experience of losing two cup finals. Which they probably hated. Now they've got the taste of victory. And these yeah. players are hungry. They've got the desire. They've got the focus. They've got the manager take taken there. They they can really end up with being an incredibly well-decorated domestic career.
0: So we're, uh, we're going for the quadruple next season, Dan, or what?
1: I will tell you what, that would really piss some of the people off if we actually did it. <laughs> I might see what I might put a bell and see what the odds are for getting like Chelsea win. Everything. Oh man, that and would be. Oh we're getting one of the, what's the what's six, the decima, whatever it is, you know, Yeah. yeah. Well, we could Cup,
0: get the six now.
1: FA Cup, and just get the charity shield just to piss off Arsenal fans because they they oh, think they be... won sixty more trophies than us. Yeah, well, are twelve charity shields. They do not count. Doesn't
0: count. It's not. It it's, not, even, not. it's not even. A, it's not
1: even a domestic game. You know, it doesn't count as a registered game because we get sent off in it doesn't count towards your league games it's just a cha- it's just a glorified charity, match.
0: it has the word charity in it it used right?
1: to be used to be charity charity. yeah, used I mean, to, just, yeah. You, you just got bubbled up by deer. i mean don't
2: talk to us about trophies, man.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> and if you win six do you guys know what the word is for six it's sextuple it is the sextuple oh. that would be like the greatest you. possible achievement yeah, of be. any club in football so you know. history the sextuple
1: x apples we
2: know what we are oh, that'd be, <laughs> that's it's co- amazing. it's in it's in, it's in the right it's in writing right now that that song yeah. is writing right now
1: well then um, i mean just to like i mean it's it's not gonna happen but the talent is there <laughs> deep in a lot of competitions for sure
0: it is i think it is and i think the groundwork for a bright chelsea future is ahead and dan i'm sure you could agree with us i mean Thank you for taking your time i know it's uh i know it's a little late over there in the uk now i'm just getting my sunday started i just finished my morning coffee um, yeah and i know sam has a clipper game he has to catch but we really appreciate you coming on the pod and and as always it's always great to to get in touch with you and to speak thank with you a pleasure. to
1: get, see you on a few more times next season. i always enjoy speaking to you guys because I, I love i love your passion that you share and i love your kind of different take on stuff so no it's, all, it's a pleasure and have a fantastic summer yeah pleasure it's as an all. honor it's an, an, an honor and,
0: and a pleasure yeah.
1: Seriously, man. And uh
0: we'll be sure to bring you back at some point before next season so we can get a little uh podcast review if you're in for it. So Oh
1: hundred percent, yeah. You yeah, can do like a season review or something like yeah.
0: Yeah, no before wow. Frank
1: after Frank. After, after we, get, this after time we get Holland,
0: we'll bring you on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Dan, we really appreciate your time. Some uh, thanks for thanks for joining as always and um if you guys yeah. are still listening make sure you're following us on twitter at romans empire pod um we're going to be posting uh you know a couple episodes throughout this uh summer break here as a uh, you know as chelsea news breaks as well so make sure you're on the lookout for that if you're not following dan dan would you like like to plug in your twitter
1: yeah it's um uh, dan silves 73 so d-a-n-s-i-l-v-s 73
0: Yeah, and and if you guys aren't following him, you're doing something completely wrong. Uh, So go make sure that you're doing so. Um, But yeah, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. And until next time, keep the blue flag flying high.